where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we only judge a book by its cover. We find ourselves once more in the towering stacks of your library, yes. not so towering to my eyes anymore, because I've recently... Uh, discovered uh, ladders. <laughs> I was going to sound very excited about it. Yes, I've discovered ladders, Kay. <laughs> I like the ladders that you have in your library because mm-hmm. they're not affixed to the bookcases mm-hmm. that they help you ascend. Yes. So I've been able to create rudimentary bridges across the roofs of several of these cases. Yes. And my encounters with bookworms have significantly reduced ah, yes. now that I can safely travel along the top of the uh, the bookcase. You're going all Tenzei Norgay cry, uh, trying to climb over the crags of the Kombu Icefall, except in this case it's the... And then letting Sir Edmund also. Hillary take take credit for it. Yeah. Well, there's that. They, they, they no, he did it too. Yes, exactly. He was there too. I think most of the, the only pictures up there of the top are of Tenzei because... Uh, Tenzai didn't know how to operate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, didn't know how to operate the cameras. Hillary a likely story. Photos. Yeah, I mean that's what I would have said too. <laughs> ah, so I was like, no, I don't. I don't understand how to do this thing. First no, one, it, first one to the yeah, top. Okay, yeah. I'll do this one too. Then Tenzing Jesus. <laughs> Poor Sir Edmund Hillary, he really got robbed of the credit that he so oh, rightly God, yes. no, no, nobody's ever heard of him, ever, ever heard of him again. <laughs> but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll venture out a bit more, because, yeah, I've been, I've been traveling along the, 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 the rooftops of the, mm. uh, of the cases, and I haven't been attacked by anything up there. Like, it seems like a fairly safe stratum yeah, of your... Yeah, it, it takes a long time, because you have to, like, move the ladder across every gap and then climb yeah. across the next one. And if you have to, like find a particular book that you're after, you have to descend against. I mean, I, I just... I just you're getting really good at repelling. True, true, true. I found the novelization of Mission Impossible 1 with Tom Cruise. Oh, lovely. That's actually what it's called, Mission Impossible 1 with Tom Cruise. You know, the one with Tom Cruise. I don't remember that book. Oh, well. That's probably not a reason to worry. It happens when you put too many books it together. Sounds like one of those things that we really need to talk about. But we're moving on to uh, right. uh, the subject of a, of a book that we definitely uh, do have in your in your library. Yes. I'm sure that this won't come up in the future. This will be fine. Uh, what do we have for our readers at home this week? We have a, a book by Richard Peck, Lost in Cyberspace. I really enjoyed this because this was this was some of the most grounded fiction that we've that we've read. Like mm-hmm. it was set in something resembling our regular everyday world, if a little bit uh, uh, of a period piece. Right. Well, 19, I, mean, I suppose the eighties counts yeah. as period piece yeah, now, nowadays. Yeah, it definitely does. It's clearly a, a book which. When a concept of cyberspace is like slowly starting to filter into the uh, common parlance, it's not just uh, Gibson anymore who was the grandfather of cyberpunk. More or less, yes. Cyberspace was trying to become a thing, and many more authors decide like, oh, we can do something with this, and we can make it. This sort work. of feels like it, it came out at a point where most regular people who didn't quite know what the internet was yet had heard the word cyberspace mm. here and there, so they'd recognised when they saw it on the on the uh, on a cover. Yeah. Well, the cover kind of. Rem- Reminds me of, you know, that War Games vibe. We have a few boys in their school clothes, I, I dare say. Even though I was confused about what age they're supposed to be. Mm. Well, they're, so, cl- they're clearly teenagers being played by 20-somethings. I mean, the whole young adult thing back yeah. in the 80s was not, did not really involve teenagers yet. Well, there was weird science. 
And those True. boys were like 14, 15, maybe they and were supposed they to be 16. had no idea what they were supposed to be doing. I mean, no, true. Th- there were all the allegations, but none of the payoff. Of, actually, look, I've actually seen that movie. I, heard, I know of it, of course. But I, wait, you've never seen it? I don't think I have, no. It's John Hughes. It, it's, got, it's, got, it's got music by Oingo Boingo with uh, uh, Danny Elfman. We'll have a movie, some, let's have a movie review sometime. Movie review one of these days. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to look at some, some digital... Well, I was going to say digital tits, like, haha, that's the funny thing to look at, but that woman's hair is the amazing part of her body. Mm. Some digital hair that's all over the place. 1980s mega perm. Rather unlike the hair of this lady here, uh, who is clearly being transported out of cyberspace. Uh, yes, this, this, that's. Uh, God damn it, we're trying something new with the notes. Ah, Penny! Penny! All right. Instead of a, a voluptuous computer milf like the the boys in in Weird Science, yep. and I apologize for how many times I'm going to reference this movie that you've you've just confirmed to me you have not seen. That's fine. Instead, they get this this Hermione Granger esque. I mean, she's a nerd. Yes, it's the Amish cyberspace incursion. The that's right. The Amish... Oh, God, you've got notes. The Amish cyberspace incursion. Yep. You've got notes, and now it's definitely true. The Amish cyberspace incursion. Uh, that. That is in the book that we both read. This is a great way to, to keep notes. We're doing so good. Let's backtrack a little bit and talk about how, it, how, it, got to, how it got to this point. In the how did we get to this point? Yes. Well, like, I ask myself that often, Kay. By the way, we've completely forgotten about this. For the readers at home, if you look on your podcasting device, you should should be seeing the cover of, of this week's episode, which features a boy in a, a school uniform without a school bra- blazer at, mm-hmm. at the computer and a boy uh, in a full school uniform uh, behind him and between them is Penny Penny Merriweather yeah. the, the Amish avatar uh, freshly descended from cyberspace with, with cyber gunk still in her hair John comes back from uh, his uh, spring break I believe it is one of the things he's, bring, he's, he's brought back is this quilt which he's gotten from his who's recently deceased aunt who's like apparently was living in the uh, with the Pennsylvania Dutch so he comes back with this, with, with this traditional quilt which he just tosses on his bed at some point and uh, yeah I'm sure he does uh, <laughs> 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 setting up the camera for his uh, uh, computer I mean back in the 80s like having a digital camera was a big thing, you know. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, uh, and of course, once he uh, once he points it at his bed for unknown reasons. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, likely. Yes, he notices that the uh, the quilt is having really strange effects on the computer. Ah, uh, yes. Although the curious moiré patterns happening on the yes. screen. The... And I mean, I think I guess we would call it a QR code these days. So the, the camera sc- uh, scans in this uh, this quilt as it lays on the bed, and of course, it, at first, it doesn't work because he's not because ha- he's partially on it himself. But he ends up mm-hmm. like, putting yeah. it up on the wall and getting a proper a proper <laughs> scan of it, and it sends his computer completely haywire. You calling it? QR code makes complete sense. I kind of related it as I was reading it to the old, oh, what was it called? LOL memory. Do you remember from the Apollo days? Right, yes. The little old lady, the actual woven uh, read-only memory. Right, the, 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 the knotted ferrite core memory. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we see the same thing in the original Tron, isn't it? Where he like, gets digi- oh, no, a laser that digitizes Yeah, the there. special yeah. laser that laser. digitizes him into cubes. So yeah, a uh, computer starts crunching and he's like loath to pull the plug on it and and that's the, the part that where the where that, that glowing cloud of Plasma starts to yeah. hover in his room that he's, uh, that he's that he's not entirely sure what to do of, and then his parents try to try to come in, and clean.
hugging them. It's like, no, mom, I'm busy. Yeah. No, I'm doing stuff. You can hear the eye roll for the mother, and it's just, like, just use a fucking tissue this time. Yes. We're running out of socks. They are so expensive, and they clog the drains. <laughs> so we've now arrived at the uh, at the front page of the book. Yes, where he's called his friend Pete. Called his friend Pete to come over and take a look. Pete is, I'm pretty sure, he's the he's the boy standing at the at, at the back. He's right. Not described in the book as being as computer savvy. He's uh, no, no. He's more the 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 the, the, the suave, creepy, the quick, yeah, yeah, exactly, the lacrosse player. And I actually really like that about their friendship because uh, uh, John Sweeney, he's. He's a fairly archetypal nerd, considering mm-hmm. what he's what he's into. But he's yeah. not given the physical accoutrements of an unfuckable nerd. Like he doesn't have big glasses, no. and he doesn't have a like. He's just a regular boy, and 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 so's Pete Mayfair. Yeah. Uh, and I like that they're friends, despite the fact that they have different worlds. They have some shared interests. Yeah, well, they go to the same school. As, as they go to the same school. Like they watch the same TV shows for for a large part. But they 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 find a lot in and common. I guess Pete has a little thing where it's like I mean it's it's all only implied in the book, but like you know John is the supplier of the scalacious material that the uh, yeah uh, <laughs> he's the, got the he's got the hookup. boys are wont to do. Yeah, there was a really earnest exploration of uh, the quest for identity. Given form then through the sudden appearance of Penny Merriweather in Ooh. the in the middle of their lives. Who has absolutely no idea what uh, what she's doing here? I mean, she's like a virus coded in by uh, Jacob Amman, the founder of the Amish. Oh, that that's right. Is that right? That is right. Oh, it is. Uh, that's actually a, a historical bit of fact that got woven into the book. Like, that tends to happen a lot in the books we review, doesn't it? That, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure whether she's supposed to be. Like really, an 18th-century girl who who finds herself at the end of the uh, 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 of the 20th century, or is just an Amish who doesn't acknowledge you know the passing of time between the 18th century right. and, the, and, the, and the 20th I, I century. Had, I hadn't considered that. That she's clearly a program, quote unquote, which has been run from the original quilt, <laughs> the source quilt. Yeah. <laughs> And she's, um, it's cyberspace, you know, so there's like, the internet is already there. Well, they didn't call it the internet ah, yet at yeah, that point. Well, yes. It was cyberspace. And the information, yeah. well, although in their case it's a information two-way buggy path. Right, yes. You know, mail letters like sending car- yeah. TCP over carrier pigeon, which is, an actual <laughs> R- which is an actual RFC. The latency is terrible, but the throughput is pretty high. <laughs> yes. Uh, and as I say, never underestimate the bandwidth of a UPS truck full of data tapes hurling down the highway. Is that what they say? <laughs> yes. As they say, do, do, do they say that often? <laughs> they do. They do say they that. They do. Very busy people, then. <laughs> but not Pete and John. They are not particularly busy people. And it's one of the first things that uh, that Penny chides them on, that they're so... And that they're, they're not applying them themselves that they're like layabouts and barely doing any schoolwork. The story takes place in this in this limbo those those hours between obligations that uh, uh, the teenagers have mm. where like school just kind of doesn't exist except for a recess and uh, uh, and, and breaks between classes and they right, like, because it's each other. not relevant to the story at all and this is all just driving them toward losing themselves in in cyberspace where finally Okay, so I got my first clue when she turned out to be called Penny. This book is part of the series of books that started with Lost in Space. Oh, Swiss Space Family Robinson. I've read a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost so, in Headspace was a real trip. Oh, was that the mushroom one or the one with that the... was the mushroom one? Right, yeah, the yeah, mushroom yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lost in Aerospace was way too much jargon for me. Mm. Uh, Lost in Workspace as well, and of course, Lost in Backspace was tragically deleted. Okay, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that was that bit. So now we've had that. And I was lost in office space, I assume. (laughs) So, yes, the the whole digitization thing goes a bit 
on. I mean, that, that's the one thing that the book kind of doesn't address well, how at all. She's, how she's given and form. How, how she is and how they are getting like sucked into the whole cyberspace quilt thing. It's like it seems. Oh, to that's be, right. Yeah, they it's get like sucked they, into they the find them, they, they suddenly find themselves in like digital. Words I ever thought I'd Digital say. Pennsylvania, trying to make their way around. Well, actually, I guess it's more in the Alps rather than Pennsylvania. But you know, well, it was pretty clear to me that they were sucked into GeoCities, which literally, if you remember, mm. it had neighborhoods. It had it had boroughs. It did. It yeah, had, yeah. It was a, a, a this wild idea that people would be better able to relate to the internet if mm. it was given geography. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, they can't get out because the Amish don't acknowledge technology. So they're stuck here and they're just like, but how do we get out? Get out of where? Out of cyberspace. What are you talking about? This is where we live. <laughs> Riding their, their, their one bit, their two bit buggies. No, just one bit buggy. Oh, there's a joke there somewhere about bits. Oh. No, um, I'll probably get there one of these days. Maybe a horse took a bite out of it. Maybe just a nibble. Good one. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. One very small but hard-earned point for Kaki, I think. Oh. <laughs> but she needs her uh, her two companions uh, to help her fulfill her her quest. Like, there's a reason that she came to them, or there's mm. a reason that she that she summoned them because of of the prophecy of the oncoming apocalypse. Because what would a religious offshoot be without its own eschatological writings? Absolutely. Like the end times are fast approaching. The quilt is meant to guard against that prophecy. It's basically it's their ultimate failsafe, which they built in in case technology was going to get so dangerous that it was going to uh, destabilize society yep. and cause massive outages, like nuclear. Stations the, going haywire. Yeah, all uh, the, the fabrics of society that they've woven around the, themselves. Absolutely. The, the, the physical quilt of the world started to yeah. unravel because of its own complexity and lack of foresight. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, Jacob. Oh, yes, or, Jacob. 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 Yeah, John, yeah, John no, of course, one of the boys. Yeah, uh, Jacob, who was uh, had the foresight to like have this failsafe embroidered or, or uh, no, it's not embroidery it's uh, what you call it uh, well it's uh, quilting it's, isn't it it's, you've got knitting and then so you've got, got the other crocheting. one crocheting no, that no one? that's not right you don't crochet a quilt do you well, I think you can I mean, you're allowed well, to, you're, you like, nobody's going yeah. to stop you. I mean, you. quilting seems to be... I never really understood the whole... I mean, how quilting seems to be this thing. It's just like sewing squares of cloth together, but I never really understood how that is, like, so hard and time labor-intensive. I mean, if you craft a crochet, then, yeah, I can see that it's a tremendous amount it's of work. It's as labor-intensive as you, as you want to make it. It's like, it's like painting an icon. It's just a little square. They're all the same size. How can it, yeah. be, how can it be difficult? This icon we paint blue. Yes. <laughs> now credit where it's due that is our our countryman Hermann Finkers yes. from oh, from Almelo which is kind of our Pennsylvania when you think about it I mean I'm from that part of the country yeah, not Almelo are, but well, a little, little bit further south what do you, that, what do you call the area around it Twente like Twente and then you're the Pennsylvania Dutch well I guess, I guess there's a gag yeah. there somewhere I'm sure there is but we're not finding it do we have our version of the Amish I don't think so. I mean, we've, but I, I don't think there's so, any 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 technology uh, deniers anywhere. And there's the um, electromagnetic wave loonies, of course, trying to get away from all the transmission oh, masks. Oh yes, with their special helmets that they insist are not tinfoil hats, but yes. they're totally. Anyway, back to but Lost so, in Cyberspace. Lost in Cyberspace, where they don't they don't deal with with made up, uh, perhaps even psychosomatic uh, problems, but they deal with the very real problem of well. This this apocalyptic prophecy, the uh, the decline of civilization from its own great mm. height. As you mentioned, the the threat of crucial systems like 
air traffic control, like new power, power stations, stations oh. hospitals, everything breaking down. And the Y2K apocalypse. Just because two extra bytes for the full year was too expensive. And I think it's, it's, it's quite amusing how, uh, how Mr. Peck manages to put, put all that back to the origin of the Amish, how they, how they had the foresight of this, this kind of technology, yeah. te technological disaster happening at some point, which is insane, of course, because like there, there weren't anything even remotely resembling a computer back then. Even the Babbage engine was not, had not even been designed yet. Oh, so we're going to get some tweets if we get this wrong. Oh, yes. <laughs> I uh, thought that the, the argument was very well made that the Amish turned away from, from technology in response to this, uh, this prophetic vision mm. that Jacob Ammon had, uh, yes. had received about a future enamored of technology, lacking the foresight to protect itself from its own, uh, from its own dependence yep. on a resource that it was unable to maintain. I mean, this was a, a fantastic uh, uh, literary criticism mm. of the emergence of, of, of the Y2K bug, and then it's only so disastrous because we're so dependent on these technologies that we built with so little foresight that the Y2K bug could happen. This, this cyclical, like, Ouroboros of uh, yep. hubris more than destiny is then saved by a prophet from, uh, from many 18, centuries ago. The yes. Who... Uh, managed to get somehow technology virus quilted into a blanket. Yeah, I mean, this is probably part of his, his prophetic vision was if it was so complete that he understood this, uh, uh, this problem, then he must have received... Uh, sort of divine uh, yeah. uh, knowledge, yes. I mean, it beats Adam Smith with his golden tablets in the hat or something. Yeah. Uh, I like this the, a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I like this one a lot better too, yeah. Uh, certainly because I have more of a, uh, an exciting cyber, uh, cyberspace plot. So our, our heroes then have to go on an adventure to try and stop the, the Y2K bug, which is represented as, as literal bugs that they have to that they have Well, to yes, it's the, it's the whole cyberspace thing. You know, everybody has a, everything has a very literal uh, visual representation of it. And of course, there's like uh, the, 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 the villain, well, the villain of the story is actually the, is the Y2K bug uh, yeah. has to be like eradicated from the corners of the um, a cool information superhighway. Yes, yes. <laughs> eradicated from all of its uh, from all of its corners. Mm. I think how many millions of hours do you think it actually took the actual uh, p the people who worked on the oh. Y2K? It was it was a tremendous. It was a uh, tremendous amount effort. of effort. Yes. yes, of course. But in this, in the world of lost in cyberspace, the real world was sort of helpless in the face of this this overwhelming mm. um, force of chaos. And it was up to these 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 plucky, three teens. plucky yeah. teens. Yeah, uh, two boys under the leadership of a, a, a of an Amish girl who. Having sewed to, and crocheted yeah. and quilted uh, new weapons for them to use. Having to work their way through the Pennsylvania countryside, squashing the bugs hiding in the grain silos and the... In the grain silos and in, the... Uh, in uh, the and tractors and the other... Uh, and the nuclear power stations that well, they encountered yes. because the, the, the systems that they have to cleanse of this corruption... Ooh, God, I start to sound, started to sound like uh, Jacob Ammon myself. <laughs> yes. Give me something to thump. I'm feeling very thumpy at the moment. So they realize that they're fighting the symptoms, that they're destroying all of these bugs, these creepy gremlin-like monsters that are, that are really quite cute, and you also don't feel terrible about seeing I, I love I, I love the scene in the cannery where they, oh, they, yeah. they're, they're basically munching their way through all the tomatoes, because that's actually one of the first instances where the Y2K bugs started showing up. What? It was in 
in a warehouse. From one day to the next, they suddenly noticed that the tomato puree started going very fast. And the, the, what? What was happening is like the, the auto, they, they had an automated warehouse system which had the expi- expiration date of all the products. So, and, and tomato puree has a fantastically long shelf life. It had yes. like a, I think it had like a 12 or 13 year uh, long uh, best, by, best before date. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. what happened is like the system booked in like a, pallet, a few pallets full of tomato puree with an expiration date of zero uh, one. So oh. at night the automatic batch process was running like, oh, this one's expired by, 19, uh, uh, by 87 years. <laughs> and it like immediately started moving those pallets back out again for destruction. for destruction. And this was one of the first occurrences of the Y2K bug where, the, where, where people started actively noticing oh, I didn't the know thing that. that I thought that was a fun thing to include in the book. There was a great scene where, where Penny was berating them for their food wastage, but I had no idea that that no, was the absolutely. actual source. Every time we record something, I learn something new. Thank you, Kay. Well, it's my pleasure. But so with this realization, what they need is an end run. What they yeah. need is to, to solve the core problem. And it's Penny who provides the solution in the way that only an Amish could. Mm-hmm. As much as Jacob Ammon realized that this apocalyptic future was happening, and he had hoped, of course, that Amish civilization would become an example Yes, the pe- the assuming would technology would like prevent the whole problem from occurring in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Then we could make it past the year 2000 without having to worry about dependency on computer systems that yeah. were then subject to this, uh, this bug. I mean, modern Amish are about a return to the past, whereas the original Amish were about preserving uh, mm-hmm. life as they yeah. had it then. Now it's very much a return to the past. So this theme of choosing... The past is, is kind of a simplified way of, uh, of putting it, but it sort of works in this case. Penny leads them to the, the master clock, the internet, essentially, mm. which they reset to, well, I think the date is like 1981, like just far enough that, well, we'll give ourselves another 20 years and then we'll figure it out from there. It shows that a, a certain fundamental lacking of knowledge about computers by the author, which I always find very amusing when it comes to cyberspace or uh, authors. Yeah. Of course, yeah. And a bit of a lack of foresight on, on, on the part of, of, of Penny and the, yes. and the, well, and the, and the cyber saving. You can't blame Penny. Case. You can't blame Penny in this regard, but it's like... No, uh, this is the best you can, yeah. but like, they're still just kicking the can down the road, yeah. and they're no better off than they, than they were before, just resetting internet time by, by 19 years and just flipping it back to 1991. Suddenly we have like another 19 years to solve this problem. Yeah, and in the meantime, I mean, just... it, it would kind of explain the, the 1980s and 90s toxic nostalgia that we found ourselves in since uh, uh, the year 2000 came along. Mm, I, th- I suppose, yeah. series of remakes, so maybe we are living in this world. Maybe the, oh, maybe that's the, maybe the soul like of our world did get reset in 1981. And now we're just like rehashing it all again. it until we, we finally do uh, hit. You know what they say, the, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And those who do learn from history are doomed to watch those who didn't learn from history repeat it. That's a bit of a somber note to end this wonderful book on. So all in all, I thought it was a very good uh, young adult adventure. Yes, I well, liked even, even though it's way post the time where young adult was, fiction was like actually grown into the genre it is today. Mm, okay, yeah, I'd, this I'd, is, I'd say this like before you know the Harry Potter era, before Harry yeah. Potter, before. Um, Twilight, um, Robin Hood. No, the the Tinkerbell. Hunger Games. Thank you. <laughs> because we, she was an archer. Okay, but the, okay, so fine. So you make the gesture of Young pulling adult. a bow, yes, and then you did fairy wings. No, the bird, head. little birdie, like the jay bird. Oh, the mockingjay. Mockingjay, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> no, that, that see, makes, it makes sense. sense. <laughs> with those no. same clues, with the with the bow no, and arrow, and with the, and with the little Cupid. fairy wings. Yeah. Cupid. That no, was what I, I was I get that thing. So how are we going to rate this book? Oh, um... Out of... What's a good cyber... Well, eight. 
I was going to say 2,000. No. <laughs> How many bits out of one byte? So I'm going to give it 01101. You're going to make me. <laughs> is that counting for the left or the right? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, no. I could have done it, too. Yeah, he didn't even finish the... Like, that, was a, that, was a, that was a baker's nibble. Yeah, well, whatever. It was, it was, an, it was an entertaining book. Sorry, I'm still, trying to, I'm still trying to do the math, because I think you said seven. Did you say seven? I said zero, so the first digit makes no sense whatsoever. That's a, that's a yeah. bit... Well, no, a byte can be up to 256. Yeah, that's right. But, like, we were going to... So let's do this from the... No, our readers probably <laughs> want to really hear this. Zero, one, one, zero, one. So the most significant one is, is zero. It's like so one, one, zero, one. So that's one... Plus four plus eight, so that's thirteen. That'll do. Thirteen out of two hundred and fifty-six. Okay, so you you're not super into. No, no, I was, I was trying to grade it out of eight. Remember, I gave it. <laughs> a I simply gave eight. it a thirteen out of eight. You're like Which we is, rate dogs. Well, they're, they're good bites. They're good bites, Brent. <laughs> yes. And uh, to the readers at home, we'd love to hear what you thought uh, uh, about this book, whether you listened to it or not. So drop us a line sometime. We're Cover My Ass Cast on Twitter and Facebook, if that's your thing, or even better, leave a nice review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, because we sure do appreciate your help. Now, Kay. What do you have in store for our dear readers at home next week? Right. Uh, we have a travelogue by our uh, countryman, uh, J. Martin Trost. Ooh. Uh, it was a Dutch-American uh, author who uh, wrote a, a very interesting book called The Sex Lives of Cannibals, <laughs> Adrift in the Equatorial Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait and that about covers it thank you for joining us at Come In My Ass where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly my name is Kaki I'm Kay and remember we only judge a book by its cover <laughs> <laughs> like to pay some <laughs> company <laughs>